The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the Soccer Talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, as usual, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, boy, do I have a very, very special episode for you today. I know that everybody that is tuning in has already read the title of this magnificent episode. So here we go. The question. Can these six major underdogs make it to the 2026 FIFA World Cup? Well, 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 one by one, I'm going to explain why these two, why these six, excuse me, particular national teams do have a legitimate shot. I understand that some people are going to listen to this and think I am absolutely out of my mind. Some are going to say I'm just plain stupid. Some are going to say, well, he does have a point or two. He is brave. He is being realistic. Either way, I thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to listen to this episode because that means a lot. All right, so which six underdog teams are very capable of possibly qualifying for the 2026 FIFA World Cup? Well, I'm going to start off with somebody that has never, ever qualified for the FIFA World Cup before. I'm going to start off with Venezuela. The Venezuelan national football team has never, ever, ever qualified for the FIFA World Cup. As a matter of fact, as of the year 2022, they remain the only CONMEBOL side that has never, ever qualified for the FIFA World Cup. They are the only South American national team that has never made it to the big stage, the grandest stage of them all, as far as international soccer goes. Uh, Venezuela... The little engine that could, according to a lot of people. You know, Venezuela, after everything the country has been through for so long, you know, you know, I have had the honor and privilege of having some Venezuelan supporters for this show. You know, I've sp- talked soccer with a lot of Venezuelans, you know, in the restaurant that I used to work at with the one that my dad owned, you know, where I work right now as a bar back, you know. 
God bless. You know, such great people. They love soccer, love their country. And I understand that. I'd imagine in Venezuela, baseball is obviously a bit more popular than soccer, although some people really definitely debate this. But but Venezuela, you know, looking at the roster right now, you know, several of them play in Europe, some play in the United States, you know, some play, you know, in, in, in the country itself, you know, you know, and some even play in the, in the Colombian league, you know, you know, seeing a couple of them, you know, a few of them play in Greece, some play here in the United States, one of them plays for the Chicago Fire, another, another one with the New England Revolution, one with Atlanta United, one with Real Salt Lake, and one with Phoenix and the New York Red Bulls. You know, several of them, you know, even play even play in Italy. One plays in Pisa. One plays in Sampdoria. One in Parma. So, I mean, looking at these players, I mean, an exceptionally young team, you know. You know, one player, midfielder, the, the, uh, the captain, Tomas Rincon, 35 years old. You know, 122 caps for the Venezuelan national team. And he actually plays in Italy. So... You know, see, looking at these players now, the experience is not on top right there, but I'm telling you, this guy, a 33-year-old, the forward, you know, Solomon Rondon, 92 goals, I mean, excuse me, 92 caps and 38 goals. Man. You know, so I'd imagine this dude, you know, if, if Venezuela can somehow pull it off, I mean, I'd imagine that Solomon Rondon and Thomas Rincon, those guys are definitely going to be on the squad because they've worked their entire life for this moment to represent their respect, to rep- represent their national team, you know, at the top international level, I mean that would be something huge. But you know, here's what I really got to point out about Venezuela: is the head coach of the national team, somebody that is very, very well known, Jose Peckerman. You know, the legendary Argentine coach that coached the Colombian national team from 2012 until 2018. As a matter of fact, I should remind everybody that when he coached Colombia. In the 2014 FIFA World Cup, Colombia made it to the quarterfinals. That, you know, for Colombia to make it in the quarterfinals, you know, you know, and, and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, Col- you know, Col- Colombia, you know, definitely, you know, did a good job, you know, in 2014 and 2018, you know, how they lost, you know, in the round of in the round of sixteen game, you know, losing four to three to in penalty shootout to England, you know, it was after it was after that that he decided not to uh, renew his contract with with the national team and he left. So I think I think after that, I mean, I'm not sure what he had been up to for you know for so long, but he has actually been coaching the Venezuela national team since 2021. So you know, and never forget, you know, everything that he accomplished, you know, with um. With Colombia, Colombia, you really just you know can't take anything away. So, but I'll, I'll just I'll just never forget you know. After you know, basically uh, reading this, you know, after they qualified, after Colombia qualified, I mean, he was granted Colombian citizenship from the president of Colombia, but he did not accept. But I mean, you know, the fact the fact that Colombia. Won all three of their of their group games, you know, scoring nine goals and conceding only twice, and beating Uruguay in the round of sixteen before losing to Brazil in the quarterfinals. I mean, that was just absolutely brilliant. So, I think that Jose Peckerman, you know, w- with the success he had in Colombia, and he did actually coach Argentina from two thousand four to two thousand six. You know, 
And so, so he's really had, you know, that experience. You know, he he's co- you know, he he's bounced around. You know, he did coach the Argentine Argentinos Juniors from '82 to '92, and he actually did coach the Argentina Youth Youth uh, Under Twenty Team from '94 to 2001, and did actually uh, coach uh, several Mexican clubs before he embarked on his uh, career, before he embarked on the job in Colombia. So now with 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 Venezuela. I really honestly believe that Jose Peckerman can actually guide Venezuela to the FIFA World Cup, but that truly remains to be seen. But I believe Venezuela has a legitimate shot of qualifying for the World Cup for the first time in the national team's history. Best of luck for Venezuela. And, you know, with, with 48 teams, you know, with 48 competitors being in the FIFA World Cup, I'd imagine that Venezuela thinks the pressure might be... In some case, the pressure might be alleviated a little bit, but I would have to say that the pressure is even heavier now because... With 48 competitors, I can't imagine how much difficult it could be for Venezuela. But you know what? Venezuela is certainly up for the challenge. Alright, number two. I think that the second under major underdog that, it, that could possibly qualify for the 2026 FIFA World Cup would be the Chinese national soccer team. Now, believe it or not, China has qualified for the FIFA World Cup before. The last time that China, the last time and only time, rather I should say, is it was in two thousand two. Now, when China qualified for the two thousand two FIFA World Cup, their performance in the World Cup did not go good at all. As a matter of fact, not only did they lose all of their matches, but they went the, their entire matches without even scoring a goal. And if I even remember correctly, China was actually ranked the worst team out of that tournament. Now. China, you can't really say that their soccer team is not very, very good. Now, obviously, it's not it's it's not it's not considered a giant, you know, heavyweight, you know, in the Asian continent. Although somebody would definitely uh, beg to differ. Now, looking at basically now looking at basically how China's history, you know, you know, right now I'm actually I'm actually just completely distracted with with the current squad. I mean, look how young this squad is. I mean. Unless my eyes deceive me, this current squad, the oldest player is 34 years old. And after that, the old, after that, 28 years old is, is the oldest player. I mean, I'm looking at this midfield. My God, there's no midfielder that's older than 24 years old. A very young midfield. You know, look, the three strike forward set. Look at that. There's a, tw- you know, like that, besides the, the 34-year-old veteran, but he, although the 34-year-old only has 10 caps. Wow. I mean, none of these players, I mean, according to this squad right here, the current squad, a, def- a defender, a 22-year-old defender has 17 caps, and that is the most right now. Huh. Now, although you, you looking at these recent call-ups, I mean, there's, there's definitely some other ones. You know, a, a, def- a defender, a 34-year-old defender has 65, while another one has you know, 92, so... I would imagine right now that some changes are probably being made to, to the Chinese national team, but but even you know looking at the uh, the recent call ups, I mean you're really looking at some you know very you know young ta- talent out there. I mean at the end of the day, really, there's no doubt in my mind that China, the Chinese national team, does indeed have talent. Okay, so but you know and looking at the coaching right now, I'll never forget you know Marcelo Lippi. You know who coached uh, Italy and won the World FIFA World Cup with Italy in two thousand six, and also coached you know, Juventus. You know Marcelo Lippi actually coached the Chinese national team. I think he did it twice, as a matter of fact. But 
Marcelo, Mar- Mar- under Marcelo Lippi, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how thing how things went, you know, during that time, you know, I think Marcelo Lippi, according to this, he he actually became the manager of the Chinese national team in October of 2016. But looking at that, you know, I think you know it went over into the 2019 um, AFC Asian Cup, which was won by Qatar. You know, base and you know China did make it as far as the quarterfinals, although they lost three nothing to Iran. So that really didn't you know didn't you know go uh, so well, but. Yeah, but I'm telling you, but this Chinese national team, you know, does have actually a bit of a of a respectable history somehow. Now the World Cup kind of tells a different story. I mean, again, you know, they actually they were actually the 31st, you know, ranked team you know, in that World Cup. After that, you know, I mean, look at that, a negative nine goal differential. I mean, that that that's extremely tough, and you know, and China would love nothing more than to qualify for the World Cup and actually, you know, avenge themselves. But honestly, I really do believe that there's a, there's a chance. Now, looking at the record of the AFC Asian Cup, they actually the last time they actually finished as the runners up back in two thousand four. Now, according to this, they've never actually won the AFC um, Asian Cup, but in twenty nineteen and twenty fifteen they did make it to the quarterfinals, which is respectable. And in two thousand four, you know they were actually the hosts and they finished as the runners up. So you know that that's got to be tough, you know, to to not to, you know beat in the final but not win it as the hosts, but. But look, looking at it right there, I mean, there's definitely some, you know, a, a bit of, you know, some, um, some respect. I mean, I'm looking at these EAFF East Asian Cup and the last three, three tournaments, you know, China has finished in third place and previously they had finished as the runners up and they've won it twice in 2010 and 2005. So there's a, there, there's a little bit of, of that respect right there. But right now, honestly, as far, as far as the talent goes, I mean, there's some there is some young talent right there that really that really does you know look to have some great potential for, for the Chinese national team. So, but looking at that, I mean, we'll have to see how, how things go. I mean, right now the interim the interim head coach Alexander Yankovic, I don't know too much about him, kind of look basically, but he has worked he has been working in, in the Chinese uh, youth soccer system for, for some time, you know, since 2018. So. So basically, I would imagine that with a coach, you know, who's been around the system and around the program for such a long time, I would definitely insist that China, you know, may actually have a legitimate shot. But you know, now that with now that there's um now that the qualification is going to be different because you know, because now there's 48 competitors instead of 32. I mean, this might help China a little bit, but again, you know, much like Venezuela, it really does bring up a bit of pressure because if China doesn't qualify, you know, this time with you know with a little bit more breathing room, you know, how, how's that going to make them look? And but that remains to be seen. But I really do believe that China does indeed have a legitimate chance of qualifying for this World Cup as well. Well, check this out. Now we're at number three, Norway. Now there's there's one right there. Now some people definitely would think that Norway. Some people would say at this point, Norway, they need Norway to qualify. And there's and, and there's a special reason why. Obviously, because everybody wants to see Erling Holland represent Norway at the at the, at the best competition, you know, in international soccer. Now, that's definitely true. I mean, me from a personal perspective and from a sports writer's perspective and from a soccer loving perspective, yes, I do want to see Erling Holland, you know, play at a FIFA World Cup. 
Now, when you, when you think of the Norwegian national team, I mean, Erling Holland, you know, stands out the most out of anybody uh, anybody else. But let's not forget the captain, you know, who plays for Arsenal, Martin Odegaard, as well. You know, twenty four, the twenty four year old. So, I mean, you got the twenty four year old, you know, Odegaard. You all, and you also got, you know. The 22-year-old, you know, Erling Holland. So you got those guys who we really want to see him play in the FIFA World Cup. But you know, you're looking. There's all these, also these other players as well. You know, you know, kind of seeing how, how where they play. I mean, a lot of them. You know, it's all scattered around Europe. You know, a few of them play in Italy, of course. A lot of them play in Norway. You know, there's one actually midfielder who plays for Union Berlin. One defender actually plays in the Dutch league, and what you know, one of them, you know, Julian Ryerson, you know, plays for Borussia Dortmund, and you know, a couple of them even play in France. You know, of course, one goalkeeper plays for RP Leipzig. So, and you know, of course, Ola Solbakken plays for Roma. So, you know, so, so really looking at it, you know, another Alexander Sorloff who plays for Real Sociedad. You know, so. You really are seeing a lot of players out there, you know, with definitely, you know, some young players, you know, like that, you know, even some of them with some cap experience, you know, you got Martin Odegaard with 47 caps and a Norwegian player named Mohamed Elionusu, who was born, you know, excuse me, Elionusi, who was born in Morocco, but he represents uh, Norway, you know, has 49 caps, so... Yeah, so I really believe that Norway is really kind of considered a team that that soccer fans really want to see in the World Cup so we could see Erling Haaland play. Now, unfortunately, Norway has not qualified for the World Cup since 1998. 1998. And in their recent qualification phase, they finished with five wins, three draws, and two losses. Unfortunately, that did not, that, that did not, that did not do so well. But that was that. That's actually been their best, you know, their best uh, performance in a, in a qualifying phase since 2006, because their five wins was their most since 2006. So, you know, according to this, when they qualified, you know, back in 1998, six wins did it. But you know, there was eight games of qualification. So, so Nor- yeah, Norway is really going to have to start, you know, winning out these games and kind of avoiding as a loss, you know, as much as possible for them to qualify for the World Cup. So. Because at this point, the world wants to see Erling Haaland represent Norway. I mean, if you see Erling Haaland in the World Cup, I mean, imagine seeing Norway versus France in, in say, a quarterfinal match. You know, you see Erling Haaland versus Kylian Mbappe. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, you know, you look at Norway as well. I mean, Norway, you know, even their European Championship, you know, thing doesn't even look good because Norway has only qualified for one Euro, and that was back in two thousand, and they only made it past. They didn't even make it past the group stage. Now they did win one game. They won. They they finished. So they won, win, one draw, one loss record, but still. And you know, since then they have not qualified, and and you know, in nineteen ninety eight when they won that World Cup, they got knocked out in the round of sixteen. So. Yeah, and I'll never forget you know, when uh, you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you know the former Man U manager. I mean, he was part of that squad. So, so right now, I'm really, ho- I mean, I'm really, really hoping Norway makes it this one because we want to see Norway be able to compete at the high level. You know, for the World Cup as well as you know the Euro. Now, the manager of the Nor- of the Norwegian national team. I mean, I'm definitely pretty sure I'm going to butcher the dude's name, so I apologize for that. I think it's Stale Solbakken. Who actually one time, you know, was the named the 2004 Norwegian manager manager of the year, won eight Danish Superliga championships with Copenhagen. All right, I mean, definitely, you know, I'm I'm look I'm looking at his managerial career. I mean, you know, did actually manage, you know, the Wolverhampton Wanderers 
for, for a little bit of a time. And then from 2013 to 2020, he managed Copenhagen before he was appointed as the Norwegian head coach in 2020. So, so now looking at it right here, so, I mean, you know, you know, even though they they already kind of basically uh, under his uh, under his management they already they already basically failed to qualify for the World Cup, but honestly, well, hopefully things can get better better in the future because I feel like you know we want to see Norway and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people that says that we have to see Norway because it's a must see to see Erling Haaland play. You know, at a very high competition representing his country. And same thing with Odegaard and the rest of that very, very talented Norwegian team that truly has some potential. So, so far, Venezuela, China, and Norway. And hopefully, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get it. Hopefully. Number four. North Macedonia. Now, people are really thinking I'm insane right now. North Macedonia. This close. This close from qualifying for the 2022 FIFA World Cup. When they defeated Italy in Palermo, that was one of the most incredible shockers I have ever seen. I spoke about it on this show. I talked about it with my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, as well as the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain, along with several other friends who listen to the show, along with several other listeners of this show. When North Macedonia prevented Italy from qualifying, that was absolutely incredible. And I said to myself, if North Macedonia can pull off a shocker and prevent Italy from qualifying, then imagine if they were to do the same thing to Portugal, and that would be one hell of a major headline, but unfortunately, it did not happen. Now, when North Macedonia qualified for the 2020 Euro, that was already something huge. Now, unfortunately, it did not end well for them because they finished at the bottom of their group Finishing finishing winless, scoring twice and conceding eight times, a negative six goal differential. That did not end well at all. Now, in the 2022 World Cup qualifiers, I mean, they finished second in the group, which meant they advanced in the playoffs, where again, they knocked off Italy before being eliminated by Portugal in the playoff. This close, this freaking close from qualifying, and my God, North Macedonia has a chip on their shoulder. They want to prove themselves that they may be a small country, but they can upset the odds. They can upset the haters. They can make a positive difference. North Macedonia can definitely qualify for the World Cup. And again, with 48 competitors, and I imagine that the European qualifying phase is different, although I don't know exactly how the formation goes. North Macedonia may be a team that can definitely qualify. And if they do qualify for the 2026 FIFA World Cup, North Macedonia could already be listed as the potential team of being the Cinderella team for the tournament in 2026, which again will take place in the United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. North Macedonia qualifying for the 2026 World Cup would be one of the biggest stories. And if that were to happen, I would waste no time and I would get on my computer right now and talk and talk about it. Now, looking at the players, you know, obviously, you know, you see some of them. One of them plays for Dynamo Zagreb. That would be the captain, Stefan Rostovsky. 
a defender who plays for Dynamo Zagreb. You know, one plays, you know, plays in Greece, other in, in you know, Cyprus. And I got one player here who plays in Armenia. A couple of them play in Turkey. So, you know, so one of them plays in Udinese in Italy. One plays for Aberdeen in Scotland. Now, that's really interesting. One plays actually for a German club. You don't see any of them play in England or in France. Well, one of them plays for in Napoli. So, so you know, and right now looking at you know, the you know how young this team looks right now. I mean, uh, the experience now the experience right here is a little, is definitely a little bit higher. I mean, now North Macedonia would certainly have you know the odds you know stacked against them, but that was that was the case you know when they when they basically when they beat Italy. But you know again how they qualified for the 2020 Euro. I mean, I mean the fact that they got past the likes of Austria, Israel, Latvia, Poland, and Slovenia. I mean, huh, wow, 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 wow! And you know, it, and never, I'll never forget in the 2022 World Cup qualifiers when they beat Germany in Germany as well. Huh. I mean, North Macedonia basically at this point is perfectly capable of pull, pulling off an upset. I mean, they've upset Germany recently. They upset Italy. They all they, they could have beaten Portugal, but unfortunately they were a little bit too un, they were a little bit un, more unlucky in that particular situation. North Macedonia can certainly pull off an upset in the very near future, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did it in in the next World Cup qualifying uh, phase. And um, speaking of uh, North Macedonia, I'm actually su super curious to see exactly how they'll be what they'll be doing in their uh, upcoming uh, Euro. I mean, they start their Euro qualifying phase on the 23rd of March next month. And they'll be playing a game against Malta. So, and of course, interestingly enough, they're in the same group as Italy. So, and they're also in the same group as England for the Euro 2024 qualifying. So imagine if North Macedonia were to pull off an upset or two against England and Italy again. Keep an eye out for North Macedonia. They are not to be underestimated. All right. Number five, ladies and gentlemen. Now, okay. Now, pro people are probably going to think I'm stupid for saying this. But imagine Jamaica. Jamaica qualifying for the World Cup. They haven't, they haven't been in the World Cup since 1998. And recently, in, in their last you know, qualifying phase, that unfortunately did not turn out to be so good for them. Now, they are under the management of Hamir Halgrimsom. And I hope I said that correctly. Haimir Halgrissom is an Icelandic is a former soccer player from Iceland who played as a defender, who actually managed the Icelandic national team from 2013 to 2018. So here's why I truly believe in my heart that Jamaica has a chance of qualifying. Not simply because of the talent that Jamaica does, does in fact have, but because they are under the management of, a, of, of somebody that took Iceland to a European Championship tournament as well as a FIFA World Cup tournament. I mean, let me remind everybody that Iceland pulled off the biggest upset of the, one of the biggest upsets in soccer when they eliminated England from the round of 16 of Euro 16. And this was under the management of Helmir Helgrimsson, okay? So, at first he was actually the assistant head coach, believe it or not, but basically uh, after that, you know, after after they failed to qualify for the 2014 World Cup, you know, basically Helmgrimson, I think, became basically, um, basically became the the head coach. So, 
So if they make it to 16 again, they knock off England, and they lost to France in the quarterfinals. Now, when they qualify for the 2018 FIFA World Cup, I mean, that was something huge. But I should remind everybody that when Iceland qualified for Euro 16, when they prevented the Netherlands from qualifying, I mean, that was huge. So seeing how great that Heimir Helmgrimsson was for Iceland, now just imagine how great he can be for Jamaica. I honestly believe that Helmgrimsson is going to guide Jamaica to their first appearance in the 2000. Excuse me, their first first appearance in a FIFA World Cup since 1998. All right, huh. Whew. you know, looking at it right now, I mean, Jamaica Jamaica has definitely. Uh, well, I'll never forget in 2015 in the uh, Concacaf Gold Cup when Jamaica eliminated the United States in the semifinals. I mean, and the United States you know, was heavily favored. So, so l- looking at it right now, I mean, you know, looking at the assistant coach, you know, basically the co- the coaching staff, you know, like that. I mean, definitely l- l- looking, you know, pretty p- potential favor. So, so right now, this I mean, look, this Jamaican team from this current squad, you know, extremely young. I mean, look at that. All you know, majority of the players in their twenties. I mean, these more you know more experienced players as well. So, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. It would certainly be nice to see Jamaica qualify for the FIFA World Cup again. Hasn't happened since 1998. I mean, you know, they haven't really been close. I mean, in, in two thousand, according to this, in 2010. I mean, even in 2010. I mean, yeah, they don't appear to have been have been close. You know, and you know, when they were there in, in 1998, they did win one game, you know, and, and lost two others. I mean, scored three times and conceded nine times. That's negative six. Now, seeing, looking at their, at their gold, at their gold cup um, record, I mean, you know, made it to the quarterfinals in 2021, finished in fourth place in 2019, while finishing as runners up both in 2015 and 2017. You know, so you know, since 1991, I mean. There's actually a few times where Jamaica didn't qualify for the uh, CONCACAF World Cup, which would be in 2013, 2007, 2002, and 1996. But, you know, looking at it, they've actually made two appearances in Copa America. Although, you know, each time, you know, they lost all three of their games, and they have yet to actually score a goal in Copa America. But, you know, looking at the Caribbean Cup, I mean... Yeah, they've definitely they've definitely won it numerous times. They won it in 1991, won it in 98, in 2005, 2008, 2010, and 2014. So, you know, they were the runners up, you know, last time, you know, in 2017, and they, there hasn't been a Caribbean Cup since, but, you know, Definitely, definitely some accomplishments, you know, you know, to look at. So, you know, you know, right now, honestly, you know, as of 2021, their uh, FIFA World Rankings is at 45. So, oh, man. Well, Jamaica certainly can do it, but, you know, under, under this management, but, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but really... I'm really hoping it happens, you know, with the United States, Canada, and Mexico all, all automatically qualify, you know, I'd imagine that the CONCACAF qualifying is going to be definitely more unique because, you know, with the three major heavyweights already in, 
now you now you're seeing you know who else you know can join in so so now with now that Jamaica doesn't have to worry about the United States Canada or Mexico I mean I'm sure there's other teams they got to worry about but this honestly also legitimizes the fact that they could indeed qualify for the World Cup. So I think that Jamaica's chances, their odds, simply have gone up. All right. So now we're, we've gone through number five. Now we get to number six. <laughs> Scotland. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! How you know? This is you know. This is where I. This is something I really want to talk about with my good buddy, Mr. Steve Adams. Scotland has not qualified for the World Cup since 1998. Although they did qualify for the 2020 FIFA, uh, excuse me, uh, UEFA Euro- European Cup Championship. You know, they qualified for the Euro for the first time since 1996, but unfortunately the tournament did not go so well. They went winless, you know, lost twice and, and even had a, a scoreless draw against England. But you know, overall their record, you know, in the in the European Championship is not so good because in 1992 and 1996, the only two times they've ever made in the Euro previously, they only made it to the group stage. Now in the World Cup, ugh, not qualifying since 1998. That is brutal. And each time that that Scotland has qualified for the World Cup, they've never made it past the group stage. You know. 74 to 1990, they would qualify each time only to make it not make it out of the group stage, but they did pick up a few wins. But according to this, Scotland's World Cup record is four wins, seven draws, and 12 losses. And I'll, I'll never and I'll never forget writing that story how in 1980, 1986, when Sir Alex Ferguson managed the Scottish national team, and that convinced me to write a story with a website that I previously wrote for. What if? Sir Alex Ferguson had never left the Scottish national team. I mean, imagine that. Imagine that. Scotland was so close to qualifying for the World Cup in 2022 when they when they lost, you know, in that, I believe it lost in that playoff game. You know, that was tough because, you know, they lost, you know, well, actually, I, I, th- I think I'm kind, of, I'm, I'm kind of getting it wrong. Sorry. Now, they did. They did finish second in their group of Group F. Now they did make the playoffs. Yeah, they were paired up with Ukraine. Yeah, and, and okay. Yeah, they they lost three to one. All right. So. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You know, Scotland finishing finishing in second place and advancing that playoff. You know. You you see just how close they were. I mean that that, that just makes the, the whole situation e- even tougher. I mean you know because they're so close to qualifying for the for the World Cup for the first time since 1998, but they don't get the job done. Man, man, oh man, oh man, that, that's that, that that's just such a tough pill as well. Yes, and they did lose to Ukraine three to one. Yeah, and then Ukraine lost to Wales one nothing, and when Wales went on to qualify, I mean. I said to myself, you know, imagine if we had seen, you know, Scotland versus Wales. That would have been that 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 definitely would have been, you know, that would have been basically, you know, the ma- a match to watch. But but Scotland's so close, so close, so close. It's gonna be. I mean, I'd imagine that, you know, basically when the the FIFA World Cup qualification, you know, draw takes place. I mean, I'd imagine that Scotland's gonna be in for another brutal challenge. But you know what? It is what it is, but Scotland definitely has a chance this time, I believe, and hopefully this time they get the job done because it's been so it's been too long since we've seen, since we've seen Scotland in the World Cup. 
I think the time is the, the time came forever, but I think we really want to see Scotland participate in a World Cup again. We saw them, you know, participate in the in Euro 2020, and for them not to make it the World Cup after that is brutal, but Scotland needs to make the World Cup again, and part of me believes that they certainly will. Now I want to take a look at the squad before like that. You know, you know, of course, you know, you, you look at the captain who plays for you know, plays for Liverpool, you know, Andrew Robertson, you know. You, know, you, you look at the, you look at the squad. I mean, you you really you really see you know some great talent. I mean, you know Scott McKenna who plays for Nottingham Forest. You know John McGinn who plays for Aston Villa. Stuart Armstrong who plays for Southampton. Lyndon Dykes, you know Queens Park Rangers. You know, you know Ryan Fraser who plays at Newcastle. I mean, look at look at all that. I mean, you, you, like that. You know, of course Scott McTominay who plays for Manchester United. I mean. All this brilliant talent right there. I mean, it, it, that's why it, it's hard for me to deal with the fact that you know Scotland has a has a very difficult time. You know, just not being able to qualify for the World Cup. I mean, even in in the re, in the recent call ups as well. I mean, you really see you know some brilliant talent. You know, some of them you know, play you know in the Scotland as well, but you know a couple of them you know it won't even place for Everton and Brentford as well. So, man, you know, you see one player you know play he plays for Norwich City. You know, another one plays for Watford and. and even Calvin Ramsey, who played a nineteen-year-old who plays for Liverpool, so so, so you know Scotland really, um, honestly, you know, under the management of, of Steve Clark, you know, and Steve Clark has been the manager of, of the national team since twenty nineteen. <sighs> you know, I, I I would imagine that that if Scotland fails to qualify for the two thousand twenty four Euro, and imagine there's there's going to be a change in, in the man in the managerial you know position, but. You know, but but I feel like Scotland is definitely the the major underdog with probably the with basically you know the the biggest mountain to climb. Although that's definitely debatable, but but I really believe that Scotland you know could very well you know pull it off this time and finally qualify for the World Cup since, since nineteen ninety eight. But uh, at that point, if they qualify, if they don't if they don't make it past the group stage, I, I guess they would just be happy that they just basically they just qualified and that, and that was it. But. Uh, but Scotland really wants to make the most of it, and if they're going to make the most of it, they have to qualify. They've got to get it together. They've got to be strong, and they've got to play well. Scotland, get it done, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and remember... If you know somebody that loves soccer, then Into the Net FC is the show for them. So please, 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 you, along with your family, your friends, if you love soccer, please subscribe to the show. I would truly appreciate that. God bless everybody, and y'all have a good one. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.